Gear and Beer. Today, my guest is Michael Rennie from Fort Smith, Arkansas. Cheers, brother. Thank you for coming, man. Thanks for having me. It's been good to hang with you. Absolutely. Check out these amazing bases that hey. you brought. I just barely put my hands on each one of them there, and they, uh, they're they delicious. Thank you. Absolutely delicious. Thank and you. we'll be sure to show all the people. Uh, anyone that's listening, you can obviously check us out on YouTube as well. That's probably the, where the best content is because you get to see my face, which who doesn't want that? Just a binging and purging kind of yeah. a situation there. Um, Great job on the podcast, by the way. Bro. Well, thank you, it's, man. Yeah, I've checked a few out and uh, I stole. Enjoy it. I inadvertently stole this title. I didn't do it on purpose, but as soon as he reminded me, I was like, well, of course I stole this from you. Uh, there's a guitar player friend of mine back. Uh, back in Texas uh, named Noel Johnston who used to do actual hangs at his house with like you know pros in the area Mm -hmm. and it was called gear and beer because he brewed the beer that people drank at these things I I didn't do that I just I got us a nice uh, time a nice German pilsner it's it's delicious you know I uh, beer and war and machines well exactly Germany's yeah they it's, got that covered. They they do nice automobiles and delicious microphones. beers. Microphones. Wow. They really do a lot well, don't yeah. they? Yeah. They, they do. really do a lot yeah. well. So you've been sessioning all day. I've been sessioning all day. In Berry Hill. Yep. Yep. Oh, session. Playing that capital. country music. Yeah. Hey man, somebody's gotta do it. Somebody's gotta do it. There's a few people suited better for it than you. You I mean I appreciate you brought it all you much. brought all the goodies with yeah, you and everything. Yeah, man. I got my little rack here. Heck it's yeah. easy to carry around. So, okay, I, I, I hadn't even really like looked at what's going on here. Yet. Yeah, I got an API preamp, uh, an early Brent Avril. You know, he was one of the first guys to kind of take cards out of consoles and turn them into okay five hundred modules that people can yeah, yeah. swap around, and then hit the pool tech EQ. And uh, actually, I hit the compressor first. The gate's double wide, so preamp, okay, compressor, little EQ, just bump a little seventy goodness well it sounds amazing in Thank my you, ears <laughs> yeah. uh you know that as we've talked about on this podcast it's it's always the sum of all parts like yeah. somebody who can play their ass off through some you know questionable equipment still gonna sound good yeah absolutely. somebody who can't play that great that's got some great signal chain and like yeah. you know whatever like but the guys like you are doing all the session oh. work the guys who can find it both so you gotta find it my gotta find well it. and yeah. it never evolves right i mean it's never, well i would hope so anyway you never like uh arrive at any one thing where you're like oh this is it you're you're con- the i never have it my my friends in you know my musician friends that i feel like are you know some of the finest in the world it seems like the ones who are the most capable or at their instruments are the ones that are to this day working yeah. more on just furthering their connection to their instrument yeah. than yeah. anyone else I know. I got a buddy, he's a bass player, his name is Wes Stevenson, lives in Texas, and he and I you know, he'll say some dumb crap when I say this to him, but he truly is like my favorite musician. Love I it. just love I just yeah. love his whole approach to music and I mean, he's he's got a a kid and a wife, and he still finds time to like shed a couple of hours. Yeah, you know, that's and impressive. It is impressive, bro. <laughs> I, 
I I have a whole lot of stuff going on, and my microphone sounds weird. I think it's probably just my face. Um, I have a lot of things going on that take a lot of my time, but I, I was just talking to Aaron earlier. I, I, I'm really looking to start like compartmentalizing yeah. the hours of each yeah. day in order to make sure I'm getting attention everywhere that read, I want um, to put it. There's a book called Effortless Mastery. I, that that book's By over Kenny here. Kenny Warner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or no, actually, yeah. it's downstairs it on my night's end. Yeah, yeah, Kenny Warner. Yeah. Amazing. I have. It ten is. Ten minutes. I mean, if you can get ten minutes of really focused, really intentional practice. Totally, man. And like- That uh, can do you better than sort of noodling for an hour or 100 whatever. Noodling yeah. for an hour is enjoyable, but it is not- uh, Oftentimes, you're- uh, fashioning bad habits as opposed yeah, to good ones because right. yeah, like you're just saying definitely. the word intentional that like intentional practices mm-hmm. that 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 word i think means everything in that in that context and you know there's really no excuse because again 10 well, minutes everybody's got 10 right? minutes bro definitely. you know definitely great so, book though it yeah. is a great book if worth, you i'll put a link a to it in the bio uh, in the bio uh no in the comments wherever I'll put a link That's to it. Where I, the same place I always put the links. What do you Google. call that? The description the box. Yeah. The the U on the down there in the YouTube's um, interwebs. The, yeah, the inter the interwebs. Uh, oh, shit, I was going to ask you something. Uh, oh, so so you're from Fort Smith. From Fort Smith. How long have you been here? Fifteen years. Oh, this shit, year. Dude, That's, yeah, man. Good on you, man. Thanks. I, yeah. I waited far too long to come here really? yeah. I, I wish i'd come. glad you did uh, no, same yeah I, I wish i'd come a decade earlier it's a good place to land it's I mean, not something that i even understood was possible until mm. it, you were it, in dallas before yeah, yeah. I, I so i'm from the dallas area garland texas specifically yeah. uh a lot of great musicians there the, dude Jeez. i'm telling you uh do you know Billy Freeman? I, I know of him. I don't know him. So he and I are from the same town. Yeah. I, we knew each other in high school. Cool. Um, and just happened to like, we, we weren't like hanging out buddies, yeah. but like we knew of each other. He and uh, the drummer in the band that I was playing with knew each other because Billy took a couple lessons from the guy that my guy took from or mm-hmm. whatever. And Billy's one of the few drummers in this world that, uh, you know, probably do better on the other side of the chair gotcha the teacher as opposed yeah. to the student but gotcha um he kind of when i was 25 we reconnected somehow and i don't even really remember what happened but he showed me that there was this whole world where i could earn a living yeah. playing my instrument and that it wasn't just make it with your original band or right. work at the bank right you know so and I, I i so i moved here went to school but Belmont. I was in a rock band. I went to Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, okay. Yeah, and I was in a rock and roll band. Guys from high school. We had already toured. We booked tours through MySpace. That's awesome. Which was amazing. We hopped in. Uh, That's a super the drummer's unique tool to have used. Explore, hitched a van, did the thing. But band, we all moved here, re, You know, relocated here. We were all in school. Thank God. Thank you, parents, for making us go to school because the band broke up six they months after moving here, right? Do, <laughs> But I was, um, remember my good friend, Ben Sanders, who was in at Vanderbilt too, you know, I was like, man, what are you doing? You know, what are you going to do with music and your life? And he said, I want to be, he's a fiddle player. And he said, I want to be like Stuart Duncan. I want to be a session musician. 
So no, I had no idea. Day. But at the time, you ever remember the first time you heard that phrase? It's like totally. What what session? So what does I, session mean? What is this? What I just is a feel session. I'll, I don't understand. Like, and then you, yeah, you like what you're talking about. Get hip to this whole world of. I don't have to be in a band and scream and yell at my friends. And I can get hired to play or, yeah, I can in just, a bar. Yeah. I can get hired to play for an artist. Man. I can get hired to record music. I can be so good at this instrument that people are like, come in and uh, create on your instrument for yeah. me, sir yeah. or ma'am. It's a beautiful thing, yeah. yeah. Uh, it is, man. And, you know, I, I did some in Texas, and I've done some here. I don't do nearly yeah. as much as I would like to. I honestly just, I just don't have the connections. Nobody's, nobody's, you know, I get, I get fly tracks. I rarely mm-hmm. am like going somewhere and tracking, um, but I enjoy it and right. by God, I'm good at it. So yeah, there give, you go. Give me a call. call. this man. Give me a call, everybody. Hey, everybody call me. Call him. Um, but I just, I love it. Yeah. Billy and I on the, the podcast talked about he and I in the pandemic, like we're lucky enough to you know he's got a, a a really nice setup at his place and so he was engineering demo sessions out of yeah. there and i happened to play multiple instruments right, and it's yeah. kind of a small space yeah. so it was just he and i just in there like yeah, again we, awesome. we would hang out and do that uh on our own for free and do our own stuff right. and much less right. getting to like help somebody reach their vision and earn a living and how like, interesting is it that like the more we learn more we hear stories about these great beetle records that we all love so much how much how much of like that setup was kind of enacted in those records where paul would play drums on a song or george would play drums on a song or george would play bass or there's you know whatever that's such a special I, thing man i mean i'm not comparing anything no, totally, totally. anybody does to the beatles but it, it it's not just one it's you know it's it's, it's music right it, it's exactly not, um there's it's not calculus it's not like this is the bass player he's yeah. playing the bass yeah. it's like uh, what does this song need? I have this idea. Somebody hand me a, right. a xylophone. Yep. yep. Now, that doesn't really work in modern music production, but modern it country. sure as shit did back in the 60s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, you know, what a cool time. I I, I like, you know, I, I used to have a hang-up about just the sometimes lack of fidelity in such old recordings i certainly have a love for it these days um but i still find myself drawn to the sonic uh landscape if you will of the 90s and not just and i think it's also it's influenced by two things one that was kind of like as I was maturing and and not only into an adult, but like into a musician and also just the breadth of progressive writing across Mm -hmm. all genres from, from like, you know, uh, Brian White and Winona to, uh, the, the yellow jackets and D'Angelo and, and, you know, just like everywhere. It's all crazy, man. And, uh, bands like Soundgarden, who I don't know what kind of level of music right. theory knowledge they have, but they phrase right. things in six like I've never yeah. heard anybody yeah. get away with. And it doesn't feel like six. You're just like, oh, this is great. We're how rocking about those out. Drum sounds on Jeff Buckley records. Hey, how? I how mean, about- they're like kind of like I don't know if they're Thomas and pasty. Some they're bright and attacky, but they're so cool. There's something so special about 
it, you know, vibe really comes through, man. It really can come through. That's, I think that's my favorite thing about Beck records. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't, you know, they, they're so different record to record, song to song, uh, intro to outro sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to talk about just no holds barred. Uh, what is it? What's the, the, when Kanye jumped in front of him and everybody was like admonishing him on Twitter, it's like this MF plays fourteen instruments. You yeah. gonna tell me he ain't got no? Yeah. He don't deserve this award, right. yeah. and, you know? And it's, uh, people don't think about stuff like that. But yeah. like he, he's making a lot. I mean, obviously he's working with JMJ right. and right. other people, sure. but he does a lot of that crap yeah. himself. Then. That record that he won album of the year on had what record so was many that? musicians it wasn't sea change it was after sea change what was it called phases morning phases morning phase yeah yeah, yeah. it was morning like 2016 phase, or something 2015 there, you know, there maybe. was full full orchestrations on most of that record like they cut you know they went to wherever in la and cut that's a, a full symphony orchestra record. oh they Which did it in la awesome i believe so i don't i don't really know i would assume so uh, i mean that makes sense uh that was back when they well no that's 20 2014 2015 there was right. not a lot of uh not a lot of huge orchestra houses right? putting yeah. stuff out there. It was like what, Ocean always, Way in a couple places. and That always blew me away that they you know, would have that many. That's a great you, record. Yeah. yeah. I, my favorite Beck record is Odelay. Yeah. Uh, and That's the one that broke it open for him, right? Yeah. Well, I, I, I yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, you, know, you know, Mellow it Gold. It had a lot of sampling in it. And, that, you know, 100%. Yeah. But, yeah. like, also live instrumentations. And, like, it was just way more all over the place. It was more, Cheers like, to authentic to him. Genius. Cheers to Beck. Cheers to Beck. He is a, a fucking genius. Yeah. And you can say any curse words that you want to. I just, uh, we hadn't said one yet. And so yeah, if I don't have goes. to put the explicit thing on there, I'm not going to. There you go. Somebody knocks a door down, though. I'm gonna come barreling through behind them. Yeah. Uh, that, you know. Sorry, mom. Love you. Oh, excuse me. I sip some blue. blue. Okay, so you got the lunchbox, and then you were. This is this tell is me. A, so you built is, this. Yeah, I had this built. I didn't build oh, it oh, okay. myself, but I've been uh, sourcing these transformers. So. This is a Motown DI, a wolf, a wolf box is also what it's called. You find them readily available by a company named Acme. Makes the green ones, the green, right? Yeah, it's the, the same design. But it's a great read if you if you just Google But they don't use these transformers anymore. No. They just the find old ones, some vintage Acme? Maybe they're they're different colors or something, but most of the green Acmes don't. Okay. They have like a Jensen transformer. Some which are still Isn't great. there like a gr- a gray one? I know. Some or is of the that gray a wolf ones, box? That would be a wolf box, which is the same oh. thing. Okay. So Ed Wolfson who create who was an engineer in Motown who built the first, you know, they needed inputs, right? Right. At, at these tracking sessions where they would have strings and vocalists and sure. everybody in the room, right? Horns. He needed a way to plug, you know, two or three guitar players in the bass and Jamerson. Right into the console so he created a di that was four channels it's still in the in uh oh, still in that hitsville when you if i've never i haven't toured but you know when you know. walk down the stairs if you see pictures right to the left there's four quarter inch inputs so he sourced these transformers that are triad a 11j or a 12j gotta do that after i say that no man that's, but uh this those, is the- and he found that he thinks his theory is that it's this metal called Molly Bum Dum or something. I, I don't know how to say it. 
but what, they used to they? mine it. They don't mine it anymore because it's like super dangerous to mine. What's the shit from Avatar? An oh, ob- unobtainium? Is yes, that what it's made yes, out of? Yes, <laughs> exactly. It's kryptonite. I don't know what it is. Or it's the opposite of uh, kryptonite. I'm sorry. I was going to die yeah. if I couldn't come up with that. Uh, uh, please continue. So he started making those Motown DIs with Acme, and they were real careful to you know heed his sort of instructions. And then at some point, they got more concerned with profit, as companies need to do. Yeah. And they couldn't find all these trans- old Transformers. Oh, so were they were so they, they vintage then when they were making them? At the first, you know, he uh, he was okay. pretty adamant about if you can't get these transformers, specs. they got they just got to be the trans. That's it. That's the name of the game. So, so now is, I have to find them from random sources, eBay, Craigslist, wherever. They're hard to find because also the Spectrasonic six ten compressor and all these other, there's other audio units that use them. So a lot of engineers everybody kind of try to hoard them. Searching for them. Just like trying to but find man, a rare bottle of bourbon. Put, I have a green, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like blends, right? Um, when you put a green one next to this, it's not. There's no comparison in my to my ears. So because I have a green one too, so I've been finding these and selling them. So reach out to hit me up in the DMs. Uh, if you're I'm going to reach it's out. A, yeah. yeah, if you want one, man. I'll, I, I'll, yeah, I, I like the green one. one. I like that one better. Yeah, it's it is. It, I, I didn't to get me, the side by side it, but and here's the deal that I'll you know. I've had a lot of great DIs, and there's so many amazing tube bunch of based great stuff DIs out there. out there, right? 100%. And what I've found uh, as far as functionality and workflow is that a lot of these great tube DIs sound incredible when you're by yourself, right? And you're just playing at home. You're like, man, I am... Listen I got, I got this fat, wall of sound. I got yeah. this tubey warmth and butteriness to my tone with this di i love it right and then i was actually on a session and a buddy the drummer friend you know we we went in to listen to the song and i was using one of these really fancy tube di's and he leaned over to me and said did you play on this song and i was like i did i'm sitting there and i was like just lost in the mix i did but i can't hear it i can't hear myself you know and so that's the and part of that's uh in a way like if you think about that tube tone right what are you going back to? You're you're going back to like Motown, right? Sure. In your mind, right? Or you're going back to like six retro, yes. vintagey, fat bass. Well, what are the guitar players doing on ninety five percent of music recorded before rock and roll and even sixties and seventies rock and roll? They're up high or or they're thinned. You know, if they are oh, playing low, they're thin. Yeah, right. Yeah. Clean tone down there, and then they're playing parts and solos, right? So the bass had all this space to take over right sure and what i find in 95 percent of sessions i do is there's no minimum of three guitar three electric guitar passes if there's not already two electric guitar players on the session who are sure. both putting down two to four tracks piece yeah doesn't leave us much room but down there in the low end so if we're not cutting and we don't have mid-range you know, I'm going to walk in the control room and the drummer's going to look at me and say, hey, did you play on this song? Play? <laughs> and that's that's when a light bulb went off for me and I was like, man, I got to cut, you know? And, and part of that's, you know, digging, you know, in your hands. But sure. I, I, the other part of that is like, all right, you know, I knew um, like live country, man, you can, it's hard to beat a countryman, you yeah. know? Because they got that mid-range. Live, right? I have a silver countryman and nothing's beat it and, not, and it's never 
knock on some wood somewhere. It's never broke. There's probably some somewhere. <laughs> it's never, it's never broken on tour. Well, and, and I've had so many DIs crap out, and you're you're there, and you're at soundcheck. You got nobody. You know, nobody wants to spend time on the bass. Yeah. So the bass having something reliable is really important, but also functional, right? And and cutting. Well, now, especially if you're doing your solo live. bass record, freaking tube it up and no doubt butter it up. Or, or if you're playing, uh, you know, if you're doing a session where there's not 74 guitar tracks, exactly, and there's some like sonic, totally, uh, and there's certainly songs like the 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 Kramer lanes on the highway in Seinfeld. If you get a exactly. song like that with yes. the double wides, yes. <laughs> get a little space and move around. Oh, yeah. These lanes yeah. are so calm. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry, I didn't mean exactly. to go. To, oh, I took it to Love Seinfeld. It. I apologize. Yeah, it's uh, you know, yeah, it's kind of like uh, you you know, when George is getting dumped and she says it's it's not you, it's me, and he says no, you can't do that. It's my line. That's my line. I created that line. I, I'm, I coined. It's not you. It's me. You can't say that to me. Well, uh, uh, you know, bass players need to be heard. Right Man. or we want to be heard at least, and, well, and getting there is a lot, cha- lot more challenging than it. If you can't hear the bass, you're missing half of the groove. Yeah, yeah. That's the arguably what one. It comes from the the guts of any groove comes from either the drums or the bass. There are special circumstances where maybe it's a keyboard thing, uh, but you can even argue then and like. Uh, a tune like let's just take superstition that's the first one that yeah. pops to mind that's a very rhythmic keyboard part that's 100 percent contributing to the groove but also the stevie drums on that yeah. are right. uh slopping electric. everything are electric com- though don't even matter man because it Their energy it is feels so, so right yeah. it feels yeah. oh i see yeah, uh, i mean it's electric it's just yeah, I not electric like, drums. I, like, I, don't Sorry. Think that, I don't think so, They're but drums, I'm not going to argue that because I don't know. His playing is electric. Yeah, it's it just it it feels right. So yeah. both of those things. Now that's it's almost like a, it's like blood harmony when you're grooving with yourself, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> that's a kind of an inter- interesting thing I haven't really thought about much. But the whole my original point was depending on the song the forward motion usually comes from drums or from bass yeah for my two cents and if you can't hear the bass how do you know how do you know how it really feels yeah something that people don't really consider and often enough i think and it's like people definitely are are think you know around here in a professional level anyway in a in a studio most people are considering things like that and yeah. learn knowing how to sit in a space and that's why people are calling them mm-hmm. in the first place um but that's it's just as true live like right and, and playing guitar primarily and bass um it's like i'm gonna play the bass a lot differently with guitar and drums and vocals right then i'm gonna play the bass with guitar and acoustic guitar and piano Truth. it's gonna be a, it's a totally it's a totally different yeah. thing just like i'm gonna play guitar way differently if there's a piano or an acoustic mm-hmm. guitar or both and, and just being able just we come back to ears and having yeah. big ears yeah, as man. the term goes and you just that's the one thing that you can't teach i don't think 
Yeah. Maybe you, think maybe you, can, you get, can. I think you can get knocked over the head and then you go, why did I just get knocked over the head? Okay. Oh, I'm not listening. You know, yeah, and then fair. and then maybe you start to. You I played know, with I a bunch like of people who never realized that they're just bleeding out injured. and they don't even know that they're injured. Right. You know, it's <laughs> like, hey man, ship's going down. Plug that hole while you're standing yeah, over there. Yeah, here's a stick to put in your mouth because it's gonna hurt. And I, I don't. We're not near a hospital. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, I keep having to check the timer. <laughs> we're rolling without an engineer today, so uh, the engineer. You are the engineer. I'm. Hey, everybody. You're looking nice. at him. I'm uh, intern at best. You're Alpha Omega. The Alpha, the Omega, <laughs> the beginning and it. Sorry. Um, uh, so we, uh, we we discussed the the Michael Rennie sourced wolf this boxes. This is it. And hit me up. You talk. I'm not about trying to make money off. I'm trying to sell trying them to, and make a little bit for my time. But it's not. Yeah. Well, I definitely. We'll talk about that afterwards. But we also have some pedal board stuff over here, and you brought some amazing basses. Yeah. Let's check them out. Um, I I recognize all but the... the, Was that a... The Laylee? Yeah. What is it? An overdrive? Overdrive. They stopped making these. I think Laylee was like partnering with someone, and then something happened because they stopped making like the bass switch, and I don't know. But I found this, and uh, because I have a, for upright, I have a bass switch, the Laylee bass switch, which is like a three-knob thing that I love. I saw Victor Krause using years ago and got one. And I've all, have toured with it. Uh, just for live, for switching back and forth and different inputs? For, but also just as a as kind of a DI for upright. Oh, it's I see. Really okay. Just got a, really a, nice. a nice sounding yeah, circuit or whatever. With Mark O'Connor with that, with Emily mm-hmm. Harris, Rodney Crowell. Anytime I was like touring with upright, and now with Miranda, I have that as well and so they make this overdrive and i was like man i need to check that out because they just make great stuff this volume pedal is (laughs) i mean i know that's kind of lame to spend money on a volume pedal right it's like the last thing you want to spend money on but there's a lot of things that you need that you don't want to spend money on when i'm tuning i can not annoy everyone in the room so you just your tuner doesn't mute it does but i don't know of a tuner maybe you do i don't know of a tuner that doesn't click when you're when you turn it on and off, right? Or that, and I'm not talking click like in the room. I mean sure. through the signal, like you hear a little. Well, th- that one definitely does, but uh, right. I, and and to me, it's boss like, one man, I don't, want, I don't want to like. It's not I kind of want it's kind of part of like being a little bit transparent in the room when you're in that creative space. I want to be, you know, I want to contribute musically, but not be like making a bunch of noise otherwise. So, uh, and they also say there's this uh, saying that you know you should never have your tuner in line. You heard that. Sure, I guess it, but it really just depends on what that buffer sounds like. Tone suck or whatever. Well, I mean, if, again, I think it just depends on the quality of the components. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine like, uh, you know, a Peterson having crappy components right. in it and sounding right. bad. No, but a lot of people do run it that way. A lot of people say that. I, I love the strobe because I grew up playing upright too, so I'm feel pretty, you know, honed in on intonation and. Man, I mean, I just, I probably make, I probably have the, the screwdrivers out and the Allen wrenches out every session, every other session at really? least. Adjust, well, even though I'm playing these bases every day. Different you know, environments, things move. Man. Yeah, yeah, different environments. Wood and metal move and like, expands and contracts. You know, yeah, I, I you know, you got to be in tune. Deer and beer. 
And you're saying they don't make that anymore? Not new, I don't think. You gotta find a used one. Sounds great, man. It's it's like gnar- is a lot gnarlier than say the pork loin, which is really a soft clip injection. So it's pork loin's more for some grit. Yeah. Is that it? So it's subtle, right? And this one's got flats on it. Yep. Here's both. Sounds great. Yeah, you- shout out to uh, man, the man Roger Sadowski for making some really incredible. Yeah, these really incredible instruments. Both I mean, of these basses speak not just acoustically. I got this um, twenty nineteen. <clears throat> Had it made. It took you know they take a year. You got to order it, and it takes a year. But man, is it worth it? It's it's simply like. You know, I've heard people describe it's like a f- old Fender that's a Cadillac, right? It's just even, con- well constructed. Yeah, and it, and it just they speak. You know, uh, that I mean that, especially that five string. That five string is like yeah. It's Pull some see, yeah, that's some super airy wood. Do you play the five out on the road? I don't. You know, I, say, I I'm have, sure Boo would have complained about yeah, it. Yeah, he would have. <laughs> Shout out to Boo Massey. Yeah, shout out to Boo Massey and his dumbass opinion about five-string basses. I just never understood why more bass on a bass is bad. Well, I know. And it's a thing, right? It's like a thing people It's an old person's thing. I don't know, man. I think it's a hipster thing, though, too. Or or just... And maybe I'm a hipster. I don't know. But people love to bash... The five-string bass, right? I've but had but people, you know what's interesting is... What I, makes someone a hipster on, these days? Hang on. 90s country. We were talking about 90s, right? It's coming back, right? I mean, we've been playing Goodbye Earl out on the road. and Really? 90, people are freaking out about 90s country again, it's which is stuff. amazing. I love it. It's so Same. so great. There's a lot of five-string bass. No doubt. No doubt. On some 90s. I mean... A lot of it. Yeah. I like the way that action is on that bass too. It's a, gotta work just a little bit. Love it, and you know, for a long, for the longest time, I always played Sadowski's with the preamp off, like not active. But you just pull that out, right? There's no noticeable level difference. Not crazy, because I don't, I don't go crazy when I do put it in. But I've, no, I've lately, I've been pumping it up just to kind of get that. It's like a little extra bit saturation, like um, you know, so much. Hard rock is coming into play in sure. mainstream country, which I love. Hardy, 
you know, 100%. And Morgan, I mean, even Morgan Wallen stuff and, you know, all those guys like, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, right? Totally. <laughs> it, 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 you gotta have something that's gonna gotta be the, down there and growl and still speak. Right. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll be worried when we get to the, the monkey from corn based sounds yeah, that again, would be weird. but, uh, I, I love overdrive and like, uh, Something that I hadn't considered before, and this has been a, at least a decade ago now, but the first time I saw Jerry Flowers play, and I uh, I was hanging out uh, behind. I was I was hanging. I wasn't. You know, nobody's allowed to be out there while they're sound checking or whatever. But I, I was standing somewhere where I could hear, and he definitely had overdrive on his bass yeah. all night long. And you yeah. know what? You know what? You could hear in anywhere in the shed the bass yes. and it was awesome yes yes and that was where i was uh, that Love made that. me be like oh okay yeah. you know because yeah. I'm, I'm behind the i'm behind the bar when it comes to bass i play guitar for right. my whole life play bass for 10 bar, years I'm, but i i am when it comes to figuring great. it out Fantastic. i just if i ever sound good it's because i'm not afraid to push faders and turn knobs well, until it sounds like i want it to sound let me ask you this like how many guitar parts have you played that are drop D? A, a lot. A lot, yeah. right? So anybody wants to knock the five string, you know? I mean, Touché. you got to play a D, right? And some people do the hip shot, but the other thing I do a lot, and I do it on the road, I have two main P basses. Well, I have a Gibson that I've been playing a lot that I love. Is it a Ripper? No, it's a Les Paul Signature. Oh, okay. 75. They only made like a thousand of them or something. It basically looks like a cross between a gold top and a, a Les Paul and a... 335 kind of interesting really cool it's kind of what the jack cassidy is oh okay was based on i don't know if jack cassidy's for original was a it might have been i'd also less ball signature or not but less ball signature is a great base that's dope but what i've been doing on the road and i started doing it a few years ago in the studio is t- keeping you know a bass tune down a whole step all the time right yeah. and for what when i first started doing it, i would detune and tune up and detune and that just is going to cause you problems. You better say that's, it's that's just bad on the cause guitar. You it's bad on the guitar. It's bad on you because you're just even when you're in tune, you're second guessing yourself, right? So if you can spare a P bass to tune I, to presumably D, you like adjust the gauges so that it feels like you want it to. Feel, I mean, or no, not no. string. You talking about like different yeah. strings? No, man. I mean, just um, you just with you used to play half it the Miranda way. set is a is a Russ Paul P bass that's tuned down to D. Labella flats and man that thing and i you, you gotta you gotta tweak it you know you gotta play with the setup which i rec- i also recommend everyone to i mean there's a thing to be said for get, going taking your stuff and paying somebody but you you should be actively yeah, as we're to, talking about practicing you totally. should be actively like tweaking and going what would it be like if i had raised my action a little bit well and, what would it be like if people I that don't know how to do that and you right. should be able to right. you you know, know how to do YouTube that videos. it's not on the interweb yeah it's about to say at this point there's no real excuse for out of maintenance equipment right? like take yeah. take care of your you stuff take some time i actually have a couple of uh, the guitars that i have that need maintenance like that like i just don't i don't play them yeah until like until they're gonna get fixed because right. like, what's the point right you, you know um yeah. i see that a lot so anyway all that to say man and you gotta learn you know you gotta know numbers which most guys in nashville know anyway and even when i um, say that to some people they they you know they go I, I can't yeah that's just weird right look yeah. thinking about like because if 
in, with like with Miranda, Kerosene, one of her very popular songs, right? It's in E, or sorry, it's in D, but I'm playing an E in my mind. See, I already screwed it up. You know, because I'm playing that tune down. That so I'm just, down but, yeah. man, I got that big, fat, open bottom string. That big open D, and I'm not playing a five string. That's I, so, And it's a different thing. I'll say this, too. The tension on a B string is between a string like that, you know, that tension with that length. That's just physics, right? The length of this string at a B and the tension there is different, right? Totally. So, you know, that's another, I, I'm a big advocate of having a bass tuned at least a whole step down. Some, some, you know, I know some guys keep a bass tuned in C sharp. I've tried that a few times. It's, it's all right, but it, it can get a little, I've, th- I've been thinking about just going B E A D. That's a thing too. I just wonder. You, you would have to mess with at that the, point, the gauges. Yeah, at that point, you got to look at or, some thicker strings, or your bridge might get. I mean, a lot of my bases, the the bottom string saddle is right up against the back because it's as long. Because I play high action. Well, and, and I appreciate that about you. And and dig and you know it just yeah it gets. So I'll show you my my P base named Karen. I never told you her name's Karen. I'm trying to. The previous owner of my P base was named Karen. Oh, okay. I about to say, are you trying to say it's a basic bitch? <laughs> trying to give Karen a good name. Are you about bro. to say Karen needs a pumpkin spice latte? Or this is Karen, my girlfriend hates her. <laughs> Rachel hates her because it's my 1960P. I'm so fortunate to have uh, gotten on eBay. It was labeled 1960 Fender Precision BASE. No shit. They didn't write bass. They didn't write BASS. So I think it just kind of nobody didn't, saw it. didn't go through some search engines. It was a two-week auction, and uh, I was it was the only way I was able to buy it because it would have been twice the price. No doubt. So I lucked out for real last year. But but yeah, look at that. Oh yeah. Look at that good. saddle there. You know that's wow. It's it's backed up. I don't know if I should. Now, now I want to look at mine. It'll be out of focus, but it'll work. Actually, yeah, stick it down on your pedal board. That'll work. Just to show the folks. You know. That's what... Uh, I get the thing over the cover on my bridge. I put the cover on the bridge a while back, and I just yeah. love the way it looks, so I left it's it so on great. there. But you can't... I don't know what the saddles are doing. <laughs> These are nickel strings, right? Is that right? Yeah, LaBella. I use LaBella flats, LaBella nickel. I, I love LaBella strings. So LaBella steals on my five string. The only reason that there's Dunlops on that P is because uh, my buddy Wes was like, hey, man, try these. I put them on there, yeah. and I liked them. And yeah. I just never made them. It's great. I don't change steels. They it's don't. Great. I don't have a special. I don't have Boo Massey hands, so my strings are good. And it's a different thing on bass yeah. anyway with the way steel strings work. Steel strings come out of the box round. too bright. I go for through me. rounds quicker than flats. You know, flats you can leave on. I've got some old flats. I, and some people are like, I'm ne- I don't have any old. Some people are like, man, I haven't changed the bass strings. Like, that's I'm that guy. But Forty I'm, years or whatever, you know, older guys. But, but yeah, I'm not that guy. But but um, yeah, I think you know, six months you should probably change your strings. A year, I might be in a small uh, minority there. I you know. I would players, agree but, if know? they were causing me any kind of 
trouble. Yeah. But there's definitely a, a life. There's a definitely a life to some new strings after you break them in. Dude. Cool. <laughs> Play this one. Okay. Because these are fucking old strings. <laughs> and I'm going to pick this plant up okay. off the floor. They're pretty dead, but they have top end still somehow. Can't help but do that on a jazz bass. (laughs) I, I don't blame you. Yeah, that's sweet, man. Do you, but you, those strings do sound kind of dead. They sound, they sound dead. Yeah. In a nice way, you know? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't hate it though, because too bright sucks. Right. It usually takes a solid, like, you know, five to 10 gigs for yeah. me. Yeah. Other people, strings break in way more quickly. And it's not because I don't play hard, because I do play yeah, hard. Yeah. I just, my hands don't do stuff yeah. or whatever. You don't have to keep holding that. I just wanted to hear through Love your it. rig and see yeah. if the deadness came through, and it did. But see, this thing's kind of a boat anchor. It's pretty heavy compared to your five string. I think there's a little bit of, just to be said, for light bases, you know, when people talk about vintage bases. Man, this P bass I found so light. This one's really light. My P bass is exceptionally light. Yeah, in my and that's opinion. a that's a there's something to that. You know, it's kind of the opposite of what you think, right? You think heavy sound, that, some weight. That's but, just that just comes from so many people that uh, own less Pauls, and they're just like, oh, heavy guitar yeah, sound. Yeah. I was like, uh, no, bro. Most less right, Pauls don't right. sound good. And those old tellies are like you could, you yeah, know, they're throw well, them across the room. I've only played a couple, but uh, the I don't remember them being especially heavy. I've been really fortunate, and with the exception of that five-string bass, I have some really light instruments, nice. which is great because I already, you know, I, because I still play downtown a fair amount, yeah. and that's a long time to be standing with uh, instruments strapped around your shoulder, and uh, like it'll straight up cause you some physical yeah. maladies, yeah. you know. So, so it becomes important footwear posture boo and i were talking about this the he was just here the other day and like i i sit with better posture than i used to and i i focus on the posture that i sit with and Mm -hmm. then i stand with because i i do experience back problems but i'll put a guitar on or a bass on and then i'll notice and i'm like just immediately yeah yeah and i'm just like destroying my everything that i had going and then guess what my back starts to hurt and like right in between my shoulder blades oh man it's the worst it's like that when we started tour it always yeah the rehearsals get you and then just you know nothing bad i'm not trying to yeah, complain about my well, sweet life. It's not. It's not a complaint. It's very it's, grateful, it's, but it is a thing you gotta. Yeah, it's something that you have to plan it's for, its own and you have chops, to take care of. You need. Right? Yeah, you need you gotta to. You got to make sure you're stretching yeah. properly, yeah. and you know something that's really difficult for musicians is just limiting in inflammation causing mm-hmm. things. Yeah, and right. on the road, like you, you, 
oftentimes you're yeah. subject to catering mm-hmm. uh you know there there are circumstances uh like one of the guys in your band where you just like you have a thing and you you bring your own food and you're always you're always right. you're always yeah. in control of right. a thing like right. that but that takes a lot of work too man that takes yeah. a lot of work yeah you know being on stage for 90 minutes and being king of the world and whatever great that's what people see they don't they don't see yeah. they yeah. don't see the group the 24 hours in a bus or a van yeah. or an airport and bb king famously oh, said you don't you don't pay me for the two hours on stage you pay me for the other 22 <laughs> yes exactly no doubt dude it's the truth it's (laughs) no no doubt yeah yeah so you guys are pretty much done for the year yeah we wrapped uh in buffalo last weekend it was a blast we started around july 4th which was i think fortunate for us because we kind of didn't like we weren't the first people out in the field sure in the line of fire yeah our current world situation and we weren't now facing the fall which is where i feel like the holidays is just going to get worse as people travel unfortunately and you know things hopefully don't shut down at all but could i sure hope not potentially become more restricted or whatever so we 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 hit it at a great time and that's true played about 25 27 shows and yeah y'all were at it it was every weekend for since july 4th which it's uh the end of september now so i don't even know what day it is man yeah my brain yeah. yeah I have devices to keep track of what day and time it is. Nice. That that's helpful. You gotta do. That. I don't have to like look you at this look that. at the sun and my stone tablet right? calendar. Yeah. yeah, thankfully. Can you even remember what it was like before all of these organizational things? Because I I do. I do yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember getting my You're first not as old cell as phone. Am, like maybe senior year of high school, I got a cell phone or something like that. I mean, I, didn't, I did. It, all my friends had one before I got one. Also, same. But, uh, yeah, but even when I got, but also it really, I feel like the iPhone was kind of when you, when we all became zombies, right? I mean, like the first, you know, yeah, flip phones and z- the razor and stuff. You weren't it's like, yeah, you can, you might've played, uh, one of those games, snake, snake eating, game. Yeah. You might play this? one game for like five minutes and be like, all right, this is boring. I'm going yeah, to do something else. Gold screen with black dots on it. Texting game. wasn't even, I remember like. You had to print. Yeah. You want to see, bro? You got hit that second number two three Dude, times. T nine is that what they you, called it? Yeah, T nine texting. I mean, so even when, even though I feel like we are of the cell phone generation, but we're probably the last folks who are gonna know what it's like without. Yeah, we're is definitely anyone younger than us. The crossover like, group. You didn't have a cell phone in sixth grade. What's wrong with you, man? Yeah, it's like, how did you talk to your <laughs> Were friends? Were you on food stamps? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they don't know what no. food stamps yeah. <laughs> We had, I, got, I got an iPhone 13 when I was in sixth grade. Freaking iPhones. I'm a recent Apple uh, begrudging convert. Right? They got it. They got the, uh, they got the number, don't they? Well, they do some things very, very well, and those things are very conducive to the yeah. kind of work we do. Otherwise... There's a lot of things about Android that I like better. Yeah. But there's, I mean, there's no, there's always going to be somebody that does something better, but it's pretty functional, especially if you're, you know, podcasting and I can 
bounce stuff right. back and forth. Not that you can't do that with uh, an Android and a right. like an up to date PC these days, yeah. but they're like certainly slower on around that curve yeah. of just the connectability of sharing okay. the data. First gig in Nashville. First gig. I'm in college. Some rich people's cocktail party playing background music. Right. Been Sweet there. Kelly Cox, my friend Kelly Cox. Shout out to her. I doubt she'll watch this, but if she does, hi Kelly. Shout out to her. Shout she had out a great, to you. amazing pianist. Uh, hired me for this gig. I think I was eighteen years old. Uh, drove an '89 Toyota Camry station wagon. Hell yeah! Printed out directions to this home from MapQuest. MapQuest.com. Yeah. Three pages. You know, went to Vanderbilt, so I'm like living in the dorms there, getting my car. Plenty of time, you know, downbeats at six or something. I'm like leaving at four, four fifteen or something, giving myself plenty of Just time. The case. address is Old Hickory Boulevard. Now, if you're familiar with Nashville, you know that Old Hickory Boulevard is a big old circle that turns into a lot of other things, right? Yes. And then back in, and the then old- back in Old Hickory. <laughs> so I'm in my brutal. Well, I got half my suit on, right? Half half of it's hanging up, black pants, you know. So like kind of nervous, but like excited that I'm like oh, they're gonna pay me like yeah you're about to make pay me some 125 dollars to go play jazz for three hours or whatever and That's I'm driving right and still. I'm driving and literally I'm like looking at the directions and I keep getting lost and I kind of I didn't want to call Kelly because I was nervous you know I was like don't call her because she'll start freaking out you know or like get, be nervous I'm not gonna show up because I'm it's getting at this point man I'm just like driving around and I'm on. Old Hickory, but then it turns into something else, and I don't know. I hit water, man. I mean, I hit a river, and I was north of Nashville, somewhere, probably like you, you south of old, White House, probably like I don't even know. If you're in Old Hickory, and where you hit I was, a river, you're in Old Hickory. I think maybe I was in Old Hickory. I was in Old Hickory, and the house was in Brentwood. And so I, those are not the all same the guests place. were there, and I dragged my upright bass into this nice, very fancy home in Brentwood 15 minutes after we were supposed to start playing did you do the uh anyway arrested development shame walk? I should yeah <laughs> just it's more like the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme music was playing when I walked in <laughs> yeah <laughs> but anyway if I had had an iPhone 13 at the time might not have uh you would have driven through a few neighborhoods up, to get there but yeah. you'd have gotten there exactly you have taken some roads that there's no reason you should have ever driven yeah. down, but you'd have gotten there. Yeah. Um, oh, we're doing. We're okay over there. Uh, what's I going to ask you, man? Uh, I definitely. I have some questions for you, but I seem cool. to have left my phone over there. Oh, go get it. You are listening to the Gear and Beer Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Bobby Jam's Kitchen. Want to take your home cooking to the next level? Need new recipe ideas or meal inspiration? Like, follow, and subscribe to Bobby Jam's Kitchen on YouTube and Instagram. At Bobby Jam's Kitchen. Cook your food and eat it. So, 
People told me that I should do fun questions. Okay. It's yet to be determined whether these are fun or not, but right. questions they are. Let's hear it. Um, I should probably pull them up. That will make it better. So one of my favorite ones, which uh, it's certainly not controversy is the word that I'm thinking of, but that's not the right word, has cause for much debate is, uh, and there are no wrong answers okay. or right answers. This is just off the top of your head. They're impossible answer. questions okay, often. Great. So the first one is simply Metallica or Megadeth? Mm. Mm. It's a, a weird question That's for hard. Nashville, and Tennessee. I'll, man, I'll probably not lose friends, but some friends will have conversations with me about Megadeth. Yeah. I honestly, it's a coin toss for me, but I think 51 out of 100 times it lands on Megadeth yeah. for me. I mean, uh, the system has failed us. It's. Jimmy, yeah, that's Jimmy Lee Slows on base. You know who else is playing on that? Yeah. Vinny Coluda. Well, yeah, right. I mean, it's hard to. <laughs> I didn't realize that was Slows. That's yeah, it's Slows. That makes sense because he he'd been he'd been tracking everything. He's lived here for how long? Like fifteen years or something? Oh, a long time. No, like fifth, like probably. Um, how long has Slows lived here? No, I mean like oh, Dave Mustaine. Mustaine. He, oh, yeah, he relocated yeah, yeah, here right. a long time ago. Right, right. That sounds right. Um, yeah, because they were they rehearsed Soundcheck. Yeah. Uh, two weeks ago. Right. Um, right. When they Megadeth. fired Dave Ellison, I was trying real also, hard. Hang on, though. Like, I think Metallica is kind of in its own. Its popularity sets it apart from a lot of Metallica is untouchable. From a lot of metal, right? From a we'll numbers that. standpoint, we'll for that. sure. But of all of everything else, you know, in that world, I feel like Dave Mustaine writes songs. He is right. He's prolific and like it's I mean, still he writes good. songs that you can, even if like that the tonality and the production is like something you've never never gotten into you still hear I've, i still hear the stories in those in his records in totally his writing, man. which and i it, respect it's not just like goblins and demons sure and it's like it's political music which is kind of the birth of metal like, right yeah yeah it's, it's politically yeah. and like and it's connected to punk and it's connected to rock and roll and it's, it's, there are, so uh the fifth episode of this podcast uh, my buddy Mark Leterry was on here, and we were talking about subgenre. Excuse me, and um, I was t- talking about classifying Metallica and Megadeth into yeah. subgenre because that wasn't something that really existed yeah. then. And uh, you know, since then I've figured out that definitely thrash is what you would call yeah. that. Yeah. But the reason that I had such problem with that was the creative arc of both of those bands went far far outside any boundaries yeah. of thrash metal totally. but first two the first two metallica records kill them all ride the yeah. lightning thrash yeah. records the first three megadeth records p-cells uh whatever the ones that are they're all the similar titles yeah. like that just straight up thrash records man yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what i was thinking yeah except for i was thinking black album and justice for all right. euthanasia countdown to extinction system has failed yeah. th- th- that's not thrash metal that's something else what yeah. do you call that i don't know why do we have to put a label on every different yeah. kind of metal song can we not just say it's, it's a little metal? bit dolly isn't it it's a little bit uh surrealist yeah a little bit da da. It's a little bit like 1920s, like the Industrial Revolution. 
Like, we don't know what to do with this, right? So we're going to do this, and I'm going to grab this, and I'm going to write about this. And to me, like, the early metal feels that. It has that brash. Uh, There's a, a rawness. Fresh and freshness, too. It's like it, it's never, never been, nobody had ever, like, made a guitar sound like. It was like sonic, right? son, mean, it was sonic aggression like never before. It's like the angst music was didn't manifest itself in such a like angry sonic kind right. of a thing but like still definitely nuanced to what they're doing and you know you look at a song like uh fade the black by metallica yeah. it's like real thrashy real metally acoustic guitar also right. really right. beautiful melodies and electric guitars essentially simulating like string parts with the really long legato and super compressed overdrive mm-hmm. sounds yeah uh, and i mean clifford burton come on dude I'm, still i you're 100 percent right I've never, like you know i've never done the deep dive in him playing wise i've just li- like just sonically just been a listener and a fan of his it's cool, dude. Anesthesia, Prowess, pulling and teeth. It's, it's like it's became old hat yeah, because everybody was like, you know, when you're coming up, it's like, oh, bro, you're yeah. he's the best bass yeah. solo. He's the best bass player ever. It's <laughs> right. like, meanwhile, these people never heard of like, you know, uh, Jocko or... Yeah. or yeah. Uh, Who's Trujillo's guy, right? Totally, totally. Uh, um, please forgive me if I mispronounce that name. You did. That's okay. Okay. I'm um, sorry. He's speaking of Robert Trujillo. Trujillo. Uh, I'm from Texas. All right. I I once spoke fluent what uh, most people would call restaurant Spanish right. when I was younger. I don't have that anymore, but I can still go to a Spanish speaking country and I can. Nice. I'll be okay. Get um, but like, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say what a bunch yep. of times. Yep. Um. Anyway, I digress. So my next uh, question is jazz or mm. metal. Hmm. Well, Another arbitrary I'm, I'm going to be really opinionated on that one because my f- dad was a jazz musician. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. He went to University of Miami in the early 70s. Pat Metheny was in his freshman theory class with him, sitting next to him, and then in the fall and then the spring, Pat Metheny was teaching guitar. <laughs> of course. At University of Miami <laughs> before he went to Berkeley. So my mom and dad met in University of Miami at this kind of crazy time of Jocko was around and you know all these people they were in the middle of a moment around yeah it was a moment realize it, it, it or pretty not cool you know yeah and that is, that's uh, and also that's real cool you know that <laughs> ken burns like talking about the 90s and growing up and like that documentary of jazz which i believe I came out either late 90s or early it was 2000s. late, late yeah. 90s there's a quote in there where like the three greatest american contributions to western civilization are baseball the constitution and jazz and i one of the I truly american art forms they always say really you can't really argue that in my opinion you know everybody let me refer let me stop there and walk that back a lot of people when i first moved here moved here were saying man i don't i'd be careful about advertising that you like jazz or you play yeah. jazz and uh you know that's for sure producers aren't going to call you and i've right. had producers tell me that right too but i don't think that that's true anymore i feel like it's or, or maybe it was a taboo thing six seven yeah. eight years ago when yeah. i because i've been here almost eight years uh seven years and 
Well, I think there's a difference between. I'm not your typical. What you want to do too? Yeah, like I mean, if you're out, I'm not out playing jazz gigs. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I play like one or two a month. I don't really go. Yeah, great. I don't really go. I used to a lot. I mean, I, I made that was like part of a substantial part of my income was playing so many like cocktail rich gigs people, and stuff. parties and yeah. corporate events and and uh, brunch gigs. You ever do like and, the? Oh my god! Uh, the uh, cruise ship thing. I never did. I got me a couple either, offers. That sounds like a personal hell. But it for thought, me. Yeah, yeah. Claustrophobia Couldn't is the it. only thing I could think of. Couldn't do it. I don't see an end. Like when you start on something like that, I didn't see an end. I didn't see getting off the ship. Well, I just fast forwarded to me at 60 years old with a large belly and alcoholism. And See, all I could see is no family me, me getting on the ship depression. and then the only thing I could think of is how can I get yeah. off of here? Yeah. I am suffocating probably, with claustrophobia. Food. I mean, it's probably good food for the guests, but they're not going to give you good food. I think, I've, so I've heard right? mixed reviews. I think it just really depends on the outfit. Yeah. So I took care of musicians. Yeah. Some didn't. That's true so for a lot of places. Say, I'm a fan of jazz to this day and I'm, I appreciate in my musical I appreciate it in my musical upbringing and knowledge of it and my record collection of it you know totally and obviously and when there's somebody great in town I want to go see them and I feel like I'm, I'm having this I'm like a uh, stream of consciousness which is not unusual for me but it's almost like I think I would have to go with jazz personally just because there is so much more room it, it, uh, how, am I, how can i say this there's me, metal seems like the parameters are a lot more rigid it didn't seem like that the parameters of uh, of metal are a lot more rigid similar to any kind of classical music uh set aside from a solo instrument piano fugue or clavichord yeah. fugue or yeah. something where you know it's it was essentially for improv mm -hmm. um but that was like the the only devices where improv was welcome at all was in the fugue really yeah and and yeah. jazz it's all about like how out of the way can you get from the song in your brain to the instrument like right. you, you know what i mean and uh, i'd also say that continuing that american sort of line um, you know of Tin Pan Alley and those songs, those yeah. standard the American, the American, Great American Songbook song was yeah. kind of like, I mean, that informed a lot of, um, you know, of, of country publishers and Acuff Rose and, sure, and, and sure. the uh, the the beginnings of what we consider classic country music too was that's that sort of engine of you know songwriters who show up willie nelson was a songwriter show up in a suit and tie and every day and write a song and turn it in and hope to get somebody you know before he was an artist so it's like and they're still that doing sort that of, shit down there. oh my god it's a little it's different little different all i mean a little different in a way it's it's uh still the, the, it's the same principles what allows us all to do the things we talked about earlier absolutely right. make a living playing music so are um, you a cocaine again, and rhinestones guy i have i've listened to a few episodes i've heard it's great yeah, I've heard he can be really, you know, it's he can push some buttons with his uh, hard see, lines of opinion. I've heard that, but I don't. I, I well, listen to a lot of it. I've heard people say that too, but I think that that is uh, a reference to his Twitter account. Oh, okay, gotcha. Where he apparently voices a lot sense. of opinions. A lot of the the podcast is not people opinion. don't go on Twitter to say I'm going to make everybody happy. 
The, the, Nobody he, goes on Twitter and says this is everybody's going to love this yeah, tweet. Uh, that you know that's where you that's your soapbox. So you opine there freely. Go right ahead. Yeah. Yep. But his podcast is he maintains, and it seems to me like he's just trying to figure out what the story is, and he doesn't care how that. I love that. makes him feel or how that's going to make anyone else feel if if the real story is going to piss people off he's yeah. still going to tell the real story for the sake of the real story it's that. almost like you know um doing the news because by god it's the news and it's not my opinion it's the news and it's- shout out to uh shoot him straight midland the band midland yeah yeah they do a great podcast called shoot him straight which is uh, really co-written with my buddy Skylar Wilson, Travis Nicholson. It's a great podcast. They've already had one season come out. Second season's about to come out. I'm going to check that out. And they found... I play golf with Jeff. Interesting stories that, He's you know... He's not core, but... Yeah, they, they find interesting stories that, you know, are kind of lore, country music lore, um, like Tanya Tucker getting booed off the Opry stage. Yeah, yeah. The songwriter, I can't remember his name right now, who wrote Friends in Low Places, uh, selling his rights to the song for, to settle a bar tab. And they dive deep and figure out, all right, is the story how, how, true? What yeah, parts of it are true? What's bullshit? What it's isn't? It's great, man. It's a, that it's is a great. great listen. That's great. Uh, I have to unlock my phone. Excuse me here. Okay, so this is, um, I'm going to ask you, but it's not one of my favorite questions. Buffer or true bypass? I, I don't know what those mean. And I'm an audio, you know, self-proclaimed audio nerd. What does that mean? Meaning, like in your pedal board? Yeah. What are you referencing? Your pedal board? Yeah. So that's the argument, from what I understand, was <laughs> was that uh, true bypass doesn't color your signal like a buffer does. Okay. But I think that and a smarter buffer refers to like a that's a, like a, a computer chip component or something in the pedal. Yeah. Like for instance, like a, that particular Korg pedal has a buffer that people find desirable for color. Uh, it's like it's a good Octavo sounding buffer. Two is true bypass. I no, I don't think. I think it's buffered as well. Wow. I think everything on that board except for the the Justin Butler rehoused Nobles is a buffered. I mean, the the DIs are. Uh, I'll answer the question this way. Done a few records. Been fortunate enough to do a few records with Ray Kennedy, who produced Cartwheels on a Gravel Road, Lucinda Williams, a lot of great music and i was on the session i watched him working on a tone with the guitar player and the guitar player already was like super retro like great sound and little blackface princeton and very small pedal board but there was some we were in an old studio and there's a little bit of noise that was undesirable and i watched ray say can i try something for a second to the guitarist and he was like yeah sure and he took the cable out of the pedal board plugged it in the amp. and plugged it in the amp and, and that's how i'll answer that question it's like i think if you're going to go into pedals which i do all the time you know there you've already kind of committed to sure. a you know minutia of degradation right same with if some you know if somebody were going to say you can only only every, great every records con- were recorded in analog every in connection tank, point right? is a is a potential for degradation most yeah most Analog studios still have a Pro Tools rig in the closet that's going red. Of course. So, um, that's, yeah. as Boo Massey once told me, I'm not plugging into those things to sound the same. <laughs> that's good. It's really hard it. to argue, man. 
you know, I, I, I'm not plugging into all these boxes to sound the same. Right. And, you know, I've, I think that uh, my my take on that in summary is that the right buffers, if you're playing on a big stage and you have a big cable run, you can't do it without a buffer. You're going to lose level and you're mm, going to lose signal. And it's going to, it's going to, totally. your amp's not going to work the same way, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. I know a lot of people aren't doing that these days. They're running into, uh, you know, Axe Effects and Ableton and doing all that stuff. I know you guys are not props. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't, it doesn't work the same way Mm -hmm. because you're using largely controllers and those controllers, they're, you know, 70 buffers in them or whatever. Right. It took me a while uh, when I got the gig with Miranda Lambert. It was the first gig I'd ever had with ears. Oh, really? And the and digital no no and, ears with Emmy and no we had monitors it was uh, I guess like I, a bluegrass ear thing I loved it was just kind of acoustic it was instruments more or whatever. more just sort of we had you know two or three techs with us and that was it so it wasn't even it just production wise wasn't as big of an operation at that sure. time and uh, that took a while like that ear crispiness and the change from venue to venue right of wherever you are physically and you're using rf is never going to be the same as where you were the night before right even if it still sounds good it's different right that took never really considered the color of the rf took me a while i mean i I, i'm just assuming maybe that makes makes total sense i just never i never considered from night to night i always felt like you know when i first joined you know some am i doing something different it's something off do i have more earwax in my ear from the pilsner i had last night or yeah, something you know barometric pressure yes but it's you know, i whatever. think it's just you know you're using however many channels of wireless right and you've got this little sure piece of metal that's sending all those rfs and yeah you know and it's fun it's great i love being able to move around and it's it's, it's a blast. And the sound doesn't change. Anywhere. I mean, it does. Else, but kinda, it's a little, but... it's a little different. So all that to say, I mean, like, yeah. Well, and it's like, a, it's like in a recipe when somebody says a teaspoon, do you ever right. put a teaspoon I mean, of something? It depends in? on what we're talking yeah, about. If you're baking, true. If baking for sure. And, uh, if, a it's, teaspoon if, could if be, it's something like, it could uh, mean a lot of different things, right? Cumin or something yeah. like, uh, eyeballing something like cumin can get you in trouble. It's, true. it's, it's true. really easy to overuse them. Strong stuff. Uh, my final thought would be that the getting used to the ears thing and the color of the RF. It's just a another version of dialing in your your rig to the room on yeah. on wedges. So yeah. you, you know, totally. You just you have to do different things you got to figure out what those are at first i i've only played a couple of gigs in venues the size that you guys are doing all the time and there can definitely be a uh a healthy well what's the word uh a healthy list of of things that can go wrong and and sending signals a long ways you mm-hmm. know whether yeah. it's down a cable to uh, to a rig or your ears or whatever Lights. 
can affect things. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Dirty power, old old buildings, yeah. uh, just you know, whatever, everything. Uh, so now for a more serious question: tacos or pizza? Oof. Mm. Again, I should My say that favorite. there's no wrong answers. Yeah, pizza. I'm just gonna go for it. Nothing like it. Live your life, bro. A good crispy crust, some tangy sauce, solid cheese. I have uh, tacos. I mean, I love Mexican food. I can eat it. I have a sperm day, of the moment question. Yeah, sperm. Of shitty the tacos or shitty pizza? Because uh, shitty pizza sh- is the worst. It nothing makes me feel as right, bad right. as shitty pizza. Do you ever use flour tortillas and tacos though? I, I made my own flour tortillas that I'm going to prepare no, tacos with for wait. you early, in a little wait. bit. <laughs> I use flour tortillas a lot. Mine don't make you feel like the I ones you it. buy from the store. I love it. Uh, I used to make I'd probably still sour take shitty pizza. Ones. Well, hey, love yeah. love your yeah. life, bro. Love your life. And there's something about, there's a finality to the length of the slice, you know? The size, you just, you know, you get to the end. Tacos, like two bites. See, I like tacos because I, I can eat three, and it feels like I ate a bunch, but right. I really didn't eat that much. Yeah, that's true. From a calorie Good. standpoint. I mean, Good. it's one thing if you're eating like a you know, barbacoa in a By the way, fried flour tortilla. But. What do we got to do to get Taco Bell to bring the Mexican pizza back? Did they get rid of it? Oh, yeah. I, I stopped eating thing. fast food when I moved here pretty and much. I don't go very often, but if they brought the Mexican pizza back, they'd have lines around the block. What do they do? What do they? Think? I don't know. Has Babish what done the, a recipe for one of those? Because if he has, if he hasn't, um, I'm about to do one. Because I do. I have a cooking YouTube as nice. well. Man uh, of many talents. Uh, arguably six string, five string, four string tacos. I pizza. got a, I got a couple ten strings over there. Don't tell me that. I didn't say I could play them. I said I had them. <laughs> uh, another impossible question: live or session? Man. They're incomparable things, but I am asking you to pick. Golly. For our hypotheticals' um, sake. Me, personally, I'm going to say session just because I, this week, on Monday, I was doing country demos. On Tuesday, are you familiar with Emmett Otter and the Christmas Jug Band, that musical from, like, it's, I think it stemmed from the Muppets. It was like a, it was like a, hokey uh broad not broadway but it's like a puppet musical that i was recording the music for reading notes you know reading i saw the pictures of your yeah, dots I posted, like yeah they were dots and i read them dots and, and lines that was bro. fun um i'm today, just impressed that you can read dots and i was lines. doing more <laughs> went to school you know i mean uh, i kind of did yeah i can't sight read today anymore. i was doing more country demos um see you know, Friday is more of a rock and roll session. Like the variety of of my upbringing in music was always all over the map. I was digging into the band just as heavy as Green Day and Miles Davis and all this stuff. I love to hear that. Right? I so, really love to hear that. So to me, being able to do the, for me personally, it brings me a lot of happiness to, to sit in on something like, even and if I did any one, one thing, it would get, really monotonous right if i only played country music that's what i've always said i only played puppet puppet musicals there's so many that would be rough uh rough bro yeah i mean unless you were doing puppet musicals 
written by Jason Siegel. I think that'd probably be pretty rough. But <laughs> what was that called? Uh, I forget. Dracula, right? Uh, yeah, it was. Oh, it was, it was, a, was so good. It was a Mila Kunis. A dramedy. Mila Kunis? I think it's Mila. Is that the second celebrity's name I've gotten wrong? Yeah, you're you're out for two, but who's counting? Um, I should have had a, a the thought, but I lost it. Doesn't matter. I lost it like it's phone. Remember that time when I wasn't very good at this? Um, so uh, I still, I'm going to fix it now because I have written single cool or humbucker. I already know the answer because you don't have a single humbucker here. Right. Single coil. And I don't really. If it ain't broke, I think, don't fix it. Well, but I, the humbuckers are great. They're awesome. They're they're great, but they're I find them fun. to be less versatile on bass. And ten percent of anything you'll ever play will be cool with a humbucker. And then people like Craig Young go and prove me wrong. Right, right, right. <laughs> yes. You got to have him on that. Have you had him on the show? No, he won't. Okay. He said, "I don't have shit to say, but I'll come eat some food." And I said, Man, "Let me know when, bro." David Mead, "Luxury of Time." Do you know that record? No. David Mead. M E A D, luxury of time. For the longest time, it wasn't available on like Spotify and stuff. Now it's on Spotify. Okay, and it's Chris McHugh and Craig Young, and it is the I know dirtiest, just sickest trench digging. I mean, they're in, they're underneath the water. They're in underneath the ocean. Is it what you would call like? Remember the Titanic when they go playing? down and Titanic, and they're like way down there, and it's dark and murky, and there's weird things you've never seen before. They're down there. You you see shine a light, and there's the Chris abyss. McHugh. There's Chris McHugh and Craig Young digging ditches in the bottom of the ocean on that record, uh, and it's a great record. There's great songs. And I you produced a couple of records for Kelsey Walden. I did. Yeah. Uh, did Nate Felty play on either of those? He, he, Nate wasn't. You know, these were a while ago, so okay. I didn't know Nate back then, um, but know him now. He's great. That's my great homie. Player. He Man, and I played some guy. gigs together, awesome. and we do what we have talked about and referred to as grown-ass man rhythm section <laughs> playing. It. And it's like, he and I are, are both very capable of like being noty and still making mm-hmm. something feel good, but with this particular artist that we were playing for dan smiley the it's like this kind of like rootsy swampy yeah. uh like uh what i would call like whalen and merle on ketamine yeah kind of i mean it's not love like it. druggy music but it's just like sure. this swampy ass thing and love that he he's like doing his he's channel and steve jordan Man. and i i'm trying to play just like half no yeah, yeah. half yeah, yeah. No. and just but Love but it. like digging trenches dude, bro dude. There, there, there ain't nothing like it and it takes as nate says a, a grown-ass man to play like mm-hmm. that because in the moment playing more often feels better who's name of the artist again that you're dan smalley does He's, he ever when you're doing that does he ever like just give you like i don't know if i can do this on the camera but does he ever give you one of these Oh yeah, he get, especially with like Nate. Any version of that is that's what you want. It's not. It's not the paycheck. It's that. It's that. Well, and we find yeah. There's you, a fine I don't know what line, you're doing, but I love it. And that, I, from an artist, Boo. I don't makes me. I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but Boo's let me listen to board tapes from yeah. rehearsals and stuff. Yeah, 
and the first thing that I, I, I two two things I thought immediately. One is he's not playing those exactly like the record, and it feels better because, and I've long been a proponent of. Records don't always translate live, especially in Truth. a giant room. There's a lot Truth. of really noty bass lines, and that shit gets lost. And yeah. Sounds, and not only does it get lost, but it takes away from the general, the trench, if mm-hmm. you will. But the other thing was, holy shit, that bass sounds oh, so man, good. Oh. And he he asked you what, because I, I was like, ask Mike yeah. what, what he's doing. Tell me what's on. Yeah. I want to know what's going on in there. Uh, that, he told me about this setup and then he said that you're just a countryman live and i was Silver like countryman son of a bitch so you don't you don't use this live i tried it and it's it's a uh, I, I describe it as a very unsexy di right Dear and beer. so i was going to ask you if you use compression live but they're here i see this i do compressor on your board do you keep I it on the all Cali the time 76 pretty much on all the time and it's very a light setting like i've got the dry there's a dry output and then the output of the pedal yeah, the yeah dry output which is just through is pretty much always hot hotter it might be two o'clock and the so it's, you're running parallel compression, compression. Yeah. okay yeah that's, yeah i don't i don't like but man it means the it compression on this board is not parallel and it's yeah. too much and it totally changes my well, ideally volume, i'd, I'd my have level. if there's 22 songs in the set i'd have a I'd literally have 22 compressed. You know what I mean? Like I, that would be ridiculous. Sure. I would never do that. But uh, attack and release times are so subject to a tempo. Totally. Right. And, and part in the flow that, of the song. Yeah. So I kind of try to just find a really solid middle, just a little support that's loving what I'm doing, but not, I find it most helpful personally. Not the first thing you hear. And, and, you know, you know? I, I, what, I don't run since I don't I don't just I just don't have a parallel compression setup on the board. But like when I do use that compression, I I really only find it useful live, and I'm hesitant to use compression anyway, just because of so much color a, a lot of the mm-hmm. time. But I, I find it really useful in ballads or anything where yeah. I need long yeah. and loud or like slap stuff, which I do less and less of. It seems like every year, but right on. Um, You're obviously not doing any. Slapping. I don't do any slapping. Yeah, I, I would not. <laughs> not I not have on a lot of numbers <laughs> that I would give you if you needed some slap guys. I would. I'll well, give them your that, number. That's what Anthony Jackson did. Yeah, right. I heard that. Yeah, he's. You, he, he'd give you a card for somebody else. Play so with call the pick. this. I'm I'm gone, baby. Yeah. And then he goes and plays the shit out of bass somewhere else. Um. So, jazz or precision? Precision. Yeah, no doubt. I I have one. Care to elaborate? I have maybe I sold a '70s jazz bass uh, that I had that was great bass. I just never played it. And then I have one that's like the Flea, um, that shell deluxe. pink that I really like. Yeah, it's, it's like a deluxe, a, right? Well, no, it's a road worn, not road worn, uh, but it's similar. One of those artist series they did yeah. made in Mexico, and it's a great bass, and I love it. But for me personally, I just always felt, you know, maybe it's because I my uh natural tendency is not as tubby so the p bass lends itself more to my style playing whereas when sure. i'm playing jazz bass i feel real thin i i have i feel like i have I bright fingers too thin, right i don't i don't know but the you know for years and years and years uh 
people have always said it's a P, you know, P-based town or, you know, Nashville, but it's, I think even more than that, it's like when you listen to great rock, not only country is the P-based, like the thing, but, um, so certain you know, eras for sure. rock and roll was a lot of, a lot of P-bases okay. and One a lot of humbuggers too, a lot of Gibsons, but, um, man, you know, or, um, wow, I'm really blanking. Maybe you can help me. Elton John, the English bass player who was on all of that great stuff. Maybe we can look it up and, and, uh, tag it in the show notes, put it, put it later. But I mean, that kind of just cut it just, yeah. Do you have a favorite pedal? Hmm. The pork loin, way huge pork loin, soft clip injection, enough grit to stand out, but not be too gnarly they're really great sounding they're really great okay now we move Uh to more reflective okay do you have a favorite venue um whether it's just a an experience one time or a place that you go back sure. to each time we I, i've only been there once i mean ryman and red rocks are pretty hard to beat yeah and i've whether i've been fortunate enough to play the ryman a few times in a lot of different situations and it's always just it's just magic to be there right it's in the wall to go see man. shows i've seen man i saw bob dylan there i saw oasis at the ryman in 2006 i saw bill it burr was at the ryman. Right. hey yes <laughs> yes twice as a matter love of fact it. love it um, talk about a podcaster. Wow. Monday morning podcast. Wow. On Mondays Thursday and Thursdays. Afternoon <laughs> for Monday morning podcast. <laughs> um, but there, there was, I, I got the first I started touring with Rodney Crowell in 2014, 2015 or 16, you know, they had auditions for him and Emmy tour, which was the second they did, um, something moon forget the name of the record but uh the first record then they did another record called the traveling kind so i did the traveling kind tour with Amy Lou harris ronnie crow got the audition most nervous week of my life was after the audition rodney came out of the audition and he said you got the gig unless michael rhodes wants it and walked away from me and i said okay cool like i don't know how to take that you know i didn't hear from management for two weeks you know I literally, I, I literally, my mind was so crazy. I like, I ran through, a, I remember running through a red light and my girlfriend at the time was like with me. She's like, what are you, Mike, what are you doing? Stop. Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. My mind's yeah. just like, I want, I'm, the, I'm lost I in want here. a tour with Rodney and Emmy and uh, I don't know if I have the gig or not. Anyway, I got the gig. We went to, and the tour was great. Herschel's went great. One of the first legs was Australia and we're in Melbourne at the, I want to say it's the Palais theater p-a-l-a-i-s okay and That's man, how I would there was that. something about that gig that just like from start to finish packed house and the australians uh, are kind I, people they really are they're beautiful people we had beautiful time there and I, I don't know what it was it was just like everything was yeah one of those, one of those ma- moments yeah where, man i'll never forget that feeling that's awesome yeah I love I love hearing stories like that. I can't, I get, even get little yeah, tingles. Was, I, I wasn't there. I don't even know how you felt in that moment. It's cool, man. But just the fact that you had one is awesome, and I I respect that. Uh, that I just reminded myself of something that I've also talked about on this podcast at least 
six times is the are you familiar with the royal tenenbaums yeah oh yeah so yeah. there's the the quote where owen wilson's character is talking about uh the music of sting for instance uh he, he's made a lot of it over the years and i don't listen to it but the fact that he's making it i respect that <laughs> or you know i never get the quote right but it's something like that it's like it's like oh, what yeah. <laughs> i don't know that popped into my head so um one of my favorite questions uh a, st- a staple of guitar and bass and music mags for decades you have three choices for desert island records mm. Mm. i can pick three you get three because nice. one is impossible That's nice i refuse one i love that i love that the I first one that. that comes to mind maybe a lot of people say this is bob dylan time out of mind no one said that yet really I uh, standing in the doorway crying. I haven't said that my favorite blues. Steely Dan I mean, song is "Time Out of Mind" uh, before, but uh, not Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan's '96 or '94 that record. I don't know. I'll listen to it. I'll put a link oh, in the show notes. Man, the whole thing is like this. this I love his music. Dream. Just, it's like a, you're having, you know, like you're having a really great dream. That also is sad, but it's great. You know, like there's sadness in that dream, and uh, it's not working out like you wanted to, but it's still great. And there's mo- great moments in it too, and joyous moments, but it'll mostly just sad. So that's the Desert Island record. You get um, two more. You're allowed to just choose one if that's what you prefer to do. The band, the band. You know, across the great divide. I was gonna say the night. That's the that's the one that yeah when it, well, someone yeah. says the band I think the yeah. night they burned old Dixie down that sure. was the first band song sure. that I ever heard where I was like what is this and somebody was like maybe the band and Arkansas I said what and, band right the band the band being from Arkansas and the Ronnie Hawkins and knowing their history there and that's really special okay that's two that's two Michael Rennie, you've got one final choice. What will it be before God, America, and everyone? Man, I don't know why this popped in my mind, but I have this old recording of Opus 115, the Brahms Clarinet Quintet, that some random Eastern European string quartet and a clarinetist whose name I don't know, but that piece of music and that specific recording i have that's the vinyl great, that's of a it great combination i i go back to it a lot in my life like sometimes i just find myself like oh i want to listen to some you know you don't listen to vinyl all the time but sometimes i'm like some people do i don't sometimes I have, i'm like i have one record and it just sits oh, right man. over there matt krauss gave it to me all right nice I'll i need to get a record player yeah yeah so I, I i go back to this recording and i don't even know who it is but um Opus 115, the clarinet quintet that uh, Johannes Brahms wrote, B-R-A-H-M-E-S, I believe. Or maybe it's just B-R-A-H-M-S. That sounds yeah, more right. Yeah, that sounds no more e. right. There's no E. Opus 115. That's a beautiful piece of music. Even if, no matter what recording you're going to listen to, it's, it's going to be great. I miss classical music. I did classical music in high school and in college, yeah. uh, both singing and... I at one point uh dabbled in viola as a younger man and trombone yeah same um i never considered it in a uh 
desert island record scenario but there's a piece of music by Ravel called and i'm gonna butcher the pronunciation but uh la coupe de tambour uh t-e-a-u-m-b-a-r-n tambourine okay tambourine uh or tambour tambour maybe i'm spelling that wrong i'll i'll find that too there's a, a there's a a solo piano and then there's a uh, symphony version of I mean, the if, same if, piece of music. Like, yeah, I mean, if jazz peaked at bebop, classical, classical peaked at Ravel. At, 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 it peaked at romantic. Roman- music, you sure, know, sure, yeah. Ravel is definitely my favorite all-time composer. Uh, speaking Love of it. Royal Tenenbaums, uh, yeah. movie number two of the yeah. string quartet yeah. is the the DVD is, uh, yeah. menus, as well as the That's lot of awesome. the, there's many parts of that second movement throughout oh. that, which it, it's just a fantastic piece of music. Um. Okay, so I have three questions left. One, and remember when I said I'll give you three choices instead of one? Well, this okay. time you only have one. Okay. A desert. Let's. So there's two categories, one choice each. It, let's say you're stuck on Session Island. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You get. Or let, let's stuck. Let's say you're stuck in Music Performance Island. Okay. And that means studio and live you get one instrument and you get one other piece mm. of gear it doesn't have to be an amp it doesn't have to be anything but it can't be a second instrument that's good that's good maybe it's a 93 uh mexican jazz squire and a, do i need to own them no oh well, the sort of you're certainly welcome to yeah pick one of your favorite personal instruments, right? But right. maybe the there was this American bass maker, right, in the 1800s that it was really when the first time that like Christianity was you know obviously being established while the country was being established, but churches couldn't afford big organs, right? Right. So they could afford it's kind of the the moment when pianos were becoming more commonplace or organs that didn't have the big bass pipes not pipe organs like reed right. organs yeah yeah they're like reed organs or you know smaller organs Chamber and they needed um, churches needed low end right and there's this one bass maker named Abraham Prescott who was making double basses in Connecticut back in the 1840s and 30s and if you listen to Bill Evans' trio records, yeah. Scott LaFaro, the uh, you know too soon departed who passed away at young age from a car accident, those early Bill Evans records is is Scott LaFaro playing a Prescott, and check that bass tone out. So if I could have one instrument in my life, it would be a Prescott. They're like a hundred thousand dollars, you know, or whatever. I mean, you can probably get one for like eighty. A deal. You can get one for a deal at forty, but the one you know the ones that are like. I mean, they don't come available very often. If you find a, a good one, you don't let it go. A lot of guys in symphony orchestras who only have one bass, that's what they play or whatever. So, a Prescott. That's dope. I'm going to... And maybe a B-15. I don't know. It'd be fair, useful. I could heat enough. my... If I was on a desert island, I'd need to heat my food. 
little tubes. That's fair. Might be able to put a piece of toast. You can put a banana leaf over if the top of those tubes. I don't know if you'd have any electricity on it. Well, we're not. Island, yeah, but, but you know. we're we're not on an island island. We're we're okay. we're on music island. Yeah, there you go. And those are two great choices. Prescott through a B fifteen. I'm into it. I think that sounds like a fucking great signal change. Good. Um. I've, yeah, so we're down to the final two questions. Okay. Do we have time? We, we do. Great. Um, what is the professional? If anybody account- makes it to the end, of this, by the way, listening to me talk, I'm, they're going to make. It I to owe the you end. a beer. They're going to make it. If to I the ever end. see you out or you, you don't drink, I'll buy you. A they're going to come. They're going to come see you play. Chips. I'm going to link your website. They're going to go check out your credits. They're going to go listen to your. That'd be cool. You're playing. They're going to hey, come see you with it. with. Uh, the pride of Lindale, Texas. That's right. Um, Fantastic. Uh, what is the professional accomplishment that you are most proud of? Oh, man. That's a deep question, man. I said it would get love a it. little I reflective. <laughs> that's that's about as deep as we're getting. Um, that's what she said. Woo. Hey. Sorry, I man. don't have anything professional like that. Uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, I've... <laughs> I guess it's that I've like, and I know I'm not like an old man or anything, but I've I've not been hardly. in Nashville. <laughs> I've been in Nashville 15 years, and that ain't no small chunk, right? You know, I I know a lot of people, and I've been fortunate enough to file my uh, end of the year Uncle Sam tax return with the government 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 as a professional musician since I graduated college in 2010. And that, to me, is... And a lot of times it was 15 gigs a week, three church services, four bar gigs, you know, every private event I could play, and then playing songwriter rounds for, like, nothing. You know, playing with any songwriter that would want me to play in their showcase or whatever, I'd just go do it, you know, just play with... Yes, cool, great, yes. Just, like, no life, no girlfriend for a while. You know, a long time, just, like, I'm going to do this. I'm doing that, but I'm lucky with a patient girlfriend. Yeah. That's great. That's great. I love it. And it, and I, 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 um, it's not that I would want to say no ever now, you know, but I have to say no. So unfortunately sometimes, cause I can't, you know, do everything or just, you know, don't get called for certain things, but I guess being able to have a good, what is it? 2021, 20, a good 10 years, a solid 10 years, solid decade of telling uncle Sam, <laughs> I'm not sitting at a desk. Basing know, your face. against that all over the place yeah yeah my, my friend That's billy it. freeman recently said is like you have to know how to say no because you have to stay mentally healthy as well yeah as physically it's healthy. really important it's a hard J- one jaded is a one. hard thing to come back from well and and just your well-being is already you're already starting with the odds stacked against you right well, but it just it makes you bitter when you're going to eat. Or at least and- I, that's what I've found, and not necess- necessarily myself because I've seen it so manifested in other people where I'm like, no, yeah, not yeah, that yeah, ain't yeah. that ain't going to be me. Totally, man. And your words have power too, man. I, I'll 100%. say that. Like what you put out there about yourself will that you'll. You'll reap what you sow there, you know. And I'm not saying That's you need fair. to go tell everybody you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. You don't need to do that. Having Please don't do that. Your, yeah, but, but just, uh, we just all know. internally, like having knowing that your music side of you is is 
only informed by your human side of you, right? There's no other, there's no, nobody has some secret connect that I know has some secret connection to some great musical God that they're praying to in their closet. Sure. You're only going to play music. Not everybody gets to be Robert Johnson. From yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. Or or uh, Eric is- Clapton, you know, king of the Delta variant. Man. Is that terrible? That's terrible. No, because- He played here last night. I wish I would have seen it. Yeah, But it was amazing. I, it's funny that you say that because it is especially poignant. Uh, a friend of mine, Carl, uh, did a podcast, which his is coming out next week. We did one, lost all the video- Mm. Uh, re redid it. Still on. Good. Oh, redid it. No, it's good. Okay, that says twenty one, not twenty seven. Um, and we filmed a little jam before, and in the audio that I was editing together today, uh, we called the jam the Mississippi uh, Blues Delta variant. <laughs> And I got several laugh out louds wow. by myself that's earlier. So good. So uh, no, that's uh, I would I would say no. You are not wrong to say okay, that. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being on my level. <laughs> but all the you know all that to say, yeah, your human side of you. Take care of that side because it'll only please inform musician you. or otherwise. Take care it'll of that only, side it'll of only you. Inform the rest, right? Yeah. One hundred percent. You can only be as good as you feel. If people aren't listening to music to feel shitty uh, typically I think, I think that's arguable typically i love I mean, they music don't that want, makes me sad even if they are they don't want you to feel they want you to be they're paying money to come see you play you know it's like it's i guess a joyous thing that's sure. an accomplishment you know sure i see what you're saying that's what you're saying i just really love melancholy music i know me too it's great it's emotive it's uh it's the the tingles, the hair stand, the goose, mm-hmm. the goosebumps. Michael, Feels. I have one final question on. for you. Bring it. This is my girlfriend advised me to get rid of this question because it's too hard. <laughs> I rebuke that and make it the final question. We're going to call this question the King's Court. You're in the okay. King's Court. All right. You have to choose Albert, BB, or Freddie. I saw BB in Fayetteville, Arkansas. If you want to choose King's X, I will accept that. <laughs> Cersei Lannister. Uh, no, not her. Um, not House Lannister, I'm afraid. <laughs> I saw BB King when I was like 15. It was one of the best things ever in my life. But I'm going to go with Albert simply because of the record Love Joy, because I love that record. It's got Doug Dunn all over it. It's hard to argue with his guitar playing. I'm a big fan of all three. I've never, I've only ever seen BB. I've seen BB a couple times. Um, I saw BB at the first Crossroads in Dallas in 02 or 04, whenever it was. Think he'll ever do that again? I mean, BB won't. (laughs) No, but sorry. Eric. Uh, Eric, honestly, he he had he was one of the few people that's had like a severe reaction to his uh, uh, what's it called vaccine, and he like uh, lost all feeling in his oh, in his no. extremities for a while. But I mean, obviously that's better. He just did a show here, so wow. yeah. he's yeah. he's doing all right. right. Um, but he's he 
he's talked about that he thought it was the end of touring so we'll wow. see about eric um but i i once saw bb king on that same stage with buddy guy eric clapton john mayer Derek trucks and jimmy vaughn and they were all five weeks uh no nathan actually i don't remember maybe nathan east i cannot remember wow it's amazing it was it was a house band scenario for sure so i don't know it's pretty cool it was very cool i saw zz top that day too man what's that clip where um Derek trucks is Derek Trucks and John Mayer and somebody else sitting there in a? It's a video shoot for it's a photo shoot for a magazine cover. Oh, but they all have small amps and they're all playing. And somebody's just taking like a phone recording or something. And it's John Mayer and Derek Trucks and somebody else, and I can't remember the third person. But Derek plays some stuff that literally makes both John Mayer and the other guy stand up and walk away, like they put their guitar debt. I've heard Derek Trucks do that a lot. It's a great youtube I, since you're already on i'm yeah YouTube, i'm gonna link hopefully. that too so i'll tell you what we hey. got a lot of links for this episode all right thank you for coming thanks so much for having uh, really me, oh 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 we'll do both perfect i really enjoyed uh this podcast and I, I appreciate you me, taking man. your time and come all the way out here to so glad to boo hooked us up same thanks to boo massey uh yeah shout out to uh my guru mr boo uh you can find Damn. his guest suite at the end of the hall. Uh, so, Michael Rennie from Fort Smith, Arkansas, now Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I'll put a link to his website. You can go check out all of his credits uh, if you have a couple of afternoons to kill. And uh, you can find him out anytime you see Miranda play. Are you playing with Pistol Annie's uh, when, uh, they, when they're doing stuff? We don't really have stuff? any fall stuff coming up. So, yeah, next year, though, Miranda will be back at it. Yeah. Well, go check it out. If you haven't seen them, uh, not many people out there kill it like they kill it. So, uh, what is it that was the red, uh, the hot ones thing? So, n- now we're going to roll out the red carpet for you, Michael, and tell this camera what you've got going on in your life. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. That was good. I watched like three of those yesterday. Love that. So, just, anyway, you don't have to say anything, but I, okay. I was trying to remember what he said. So, Thanks to my guest today. Make sure and hit the old subscribe and hit the bell and follow us on Instagram and all the stuff. And tune in next week for another episode of Gear and Beer. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for listening to the Gear and Beer podcast. Make sure and subscribe and turn on notifications for our channels. And if you haven't already, follow our Instagram and YouTube channels. We truly appreciate your support and ask that you please tell anyone you know whom you think might be interested in our podcast about gear and beer to help us grow and continue bringing in great guests from around the industry and beyond. Thanks again. And until the next episode.